So anxiety is one of those issues that gets a bad rap and we tend to push it to the side or even shove it down, only magnifying it and making things worse for ourselves and even people around us. Today, we're going to talk about anxiety. Welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship Bible Celebrate Recovery podcast. This is a podcast that shares recovery topics and life change stories to help us with our mental, emotional, spiritual, and even our relational health on our recovery journey, all based on the Beatitudes where Jesus, through the Celebrate Recovery Principles, helps us to face our hurts, to get honest about the pain and, and deal with those core beliefs and how we see ourselves, God, and others, and even our circumstances to deal with those nasty coping mechanisms, those numbing agents or habits that ultimately create strife and, and pain in our relationships so that we can ultimately lead to healing and freedom in our life. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the ministry leader and pastor of Celebrate Recovery here at Fellowship Bible Church. Celebrate Recovery Rogers. And uh, so grateful to be with you again today. I'm so uh, pumped. i uh, got a, a special guest with me today. Um, met her in the counseling world when I was doing uh, my internship at the Joshua Center. And uh, she's agreed to come on. She just wrote a new book, and I saw her on uh, KNWA uh, talking about this book. The name of the book is Hello Anxiety, How to Find Peace by Changing Your Response to Anxiety. So grateful to have Heidi Dennis with us today. Heidi, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. So Heidi, uh, I love um, I love that you wrote a book about this, and, and uh, you have so much wisdom. You've been a counselor 12 years. Are you still at the Joshua Center? I am still at the Joshua still at the Center, Joshua still rocking. So I know many people that have um, been under your care as a counselor, therapist, and you just bless so many lives. And so I know I, I haven't fully dug into this book. I'm excited to do that personally. My copy's coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I'm excited to kind of jump into this topic. And, and I, maybe we can start here. Uh, why did you write this book? What What is it that made you say, I, I want to write this book and put it pen to paper? Yeah, that's a great question, Rodney. Um, so the first reason I wanted to write this book is because I saw so many people coming in misunderstanding what anxiety is. Mm. And because they didn't fully understand what it what it is and how it's working for them, they would experience great levels of shame mm. and feel like their body was betraying them. It was malfunctioning. And they would come in with one goal in mind when they came to my office, make it stop, try Mm. to make this anxiety stop. And I I knew from the get go that will never work. That will never work. Yeah. What what do you think, you know, where does that come from? Because I know we talk about um, kind of our family of origin and not to blame anybody, but just to understand where where do we learn those messages that um, this is bad and I just need to at all costs, um, even at the expense of myself, not even mm-hmm. realizing it, we just try to shove that down and stop it. Where, where does that come from in your mind? Yeah, that's a that's another great question. Um, I think all you have to do is look around you in society mm. and see anytime you hear anxiety talked about with any product or program, it's all designed with one goal. How do you decrease it? How do you make it smaller? How do you mm. make it stop? So light this candle, wear this blanket, put on this <laughs> sweatshirt, 
all with the promise of making it stop. But the problem with that is anxiety is is created by God, I believe, yeah. for a reason. And yeah. it really is trying to tell us something. So we don't want to just try to make it stop. In that, and even saying that out loud feels a little weird, doesn't it? It does, but yeah. But I've, I've said that same thing. It's like, what was God's purpose for anxiety and, and even thinking about how fear is connected to that. What, what's the purpose of that? Mm-hmm. Um, that sense of readiness, mm-hmm. right? To be on guard, to, mm-hmm. to take care of ourselves, that there's something looming that may need our attention right. kind of a thing, right? Right, yeah. So, so some of those things like candles and stuff can be, you know, a good measure of self-care. It's sure. like if you want to take a bath and put some candles on kind of thing, that's helpful. Sure, but it's not um, it's not prescriptive, right? It's right. not going to solve the problem. Right, right. You have to learn to listen to it first mm. and, you know, ask yourself, what is it trying to tell me? Is, is there a threat that I need to respond to? Because we need anxiety to tell us if there is a threat and yeah. we need to respond to it. But if there's not a threat, maybe there are some other things that it's trying to tell us, Mm. you know, maybe I'm needing connection. Maybe I'm needing to remind myself of what's true. Hmm. Maybe I'm needing some reassurance. Maybe I'm needing some self care and to light a candle. I mean, I am, I am a fan of a candle lit back with some Frank Sinatra (laughs) in the background. I see no problem with that. Yeah. As long as I'm not trying to fight my anxiety. Yeah. Too quickly. That's so good. Yeah. I'm it just that difference and you were telling me earlier, it's a difference between fighting it and going with it. You know Absolutely. Fighting it actually magnifies it, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So let's define just for our listeners, you know, I think we all have kind of a picture if you say anxiety, we kind of have this picture of what is anxiety. If we're defining what anxiety is, how would you put that to words? Yeah, my favorite definition of anxiety is just, it's your internal alarm system, it's your nervous system, essentially, Hmm. trying to warn you of a perceived threat. Hmm. Um, And I use the word perceived very intentionally because sometimes there isn't a threat there. Yeah. Sometimes it is just trying to tell us something else or telling us we need some reassurance, we need to reset, we need to slow down, we have yeah. too many things going on. There's a number of things it can try to tell us. But I think if if it doesn't logically make sense, if there's not a th- clear threat in mind, that's where we can quickly go to shame and then mm. try to shut it down. Yeah. Well, and that shame, just trying to understand why shame comes in. And, and maybe we lean into that. What What's the, some of the shame messages we hear mm. That, that get magnified in your experience professionally and even just practically yeah. in your life. What, what are some of those common shame messages that we hear if someone is struggling with anxiety mm. that you've seen kind of a common thread with that? What, what does that sound like? Oh, some of the most common ones that I've heard repeatedly is my body is malfunctioning. Mm, I'm defective. I'm defective. There's something Ugh. wrong with me. I'm broken. Ugh. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, it breaks my heart to hear Rodney. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. And they fully believe that, right? Yeah. Or maybe they've even been told that. And that's interesting. Those over, overt or covert uh, messages we hear from people close to us. Mm-hmm. If I'm anxious, I need to stop being anxious. And right. if I can't, 
what does that say about me? Especially as believers, I'm guessing it's even a little bit more challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's plenty of verses that, you know, we can hand others when they feel anxious, you know, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request to God, you know, and those, that those are true. Those are great, but you have to listen to it first, right? So mm-hmm. that then you can respond with, with truth. Well, and I love that you brought that uh, that Philippians passage up because that's a common one that I think believers will go to as a reason that I shouldn't be feeling, right? Right. But I love the language it says present. Mm. By prayer and peti- petition, present your request. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a strategy. It's not just enough to say stop being anxious. Right. The whole Bob Newhart, just stop <laughs> just it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick break right here. Having a great conversation with Heidi Dennis, author of Hello Anxiety, and uh, having a great conversation around anxiety. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Hey, folks, if you're looking for a meeting near you, you can find a meeting every Friday night at Fellowship Fayetteville or Fellowship Rogers Celebrate Recovery. We meet at 6 p.m. for Connection Cafe Meal. And then we have our general meeting that starts at 7 p.m. We meet every single Friday night. We'd love to have you join us. Go to fellowshipcr.org for more information. We hope to see you this Friday night. Bring a friend and come see us. But to present that, and to present that means I got to organize that. And yes. it sounds like that's kind of where you're going with the book, right? The, Absolutely. The signals are telling me something. Yes. What do I do with this? What do I do with this? And and we see um, Jesus give this example. Um, mm. When he went to the garden before his death, he, he, he owned his anxiety. He said, I am anxious to the point of death. Mm. And if anxiety is wrong, and we know he was perfect, we know he's sweating blood. He's sweating blood. He had <laughs> physical That's reactions, a, yeah. right? And so, if we can look at his example of okay, he owned it, and then what did he do with it? Well, first he reached to his friends, his closest friends, and said, "Hey, come with me. I need you to keep watch. I need you to be with me." Hmm. We all know they let him down, as sometimes when we reach for others for support, sometimes they do. Hmm. Um, but then, what did he do next? He t- he took it to his father. He went to God, yeah. and and he use connection with God as a way to tend to that anxiety. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So he's, he's given us a picture and that's what I love about fully God, fully man. Mm -hmm. He experienced what we experience as fully, fully human. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what a model for us that, so he's in the garden, he's sweating blood. I mean, that's kind of the picture of anxiety. Yeah. And, and and that's interesting to think about. And sometimes we can get a little bit weirded out by this, but just paying attention to our bodies, mm-hmm. right? Here's a physical response Jesus is showing us in the scripture of he's sweating blood, right? Mm-hmm. What, how important is the body in this identifying the anxiety, Heidi? What's yeah. that look like? Yeah, well, I'm going to nerd out on you for a second. Please if that's do. okay, Rodney. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, if you take it back to the nervous system, which is kind of where what's signaling our anxiety in our body, um, there is one main nerve that runs through our nervous system. It's called the vagus nerve. Mm. Um, the cool thing about the vagus nerve is it's broken up into three different strands. And it's kind of, um, each strand is kind of its own alarm system. And so 
The one that runs all the way down to your gut is like that severe anxiety, probably similar to the one that Jesus was experiencing mm. where he would just felt frozen. He had this strong physical reaction, you feel it in your gut, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of that, you know, deer in the headlights or a possum playing dead would be another yeah. example in nature. Um, the middle strand kind of runs into your chest area. So that's where you feel that tension. Mm. It's like a moderate threat level. Um, and that's when you feel like you have some options of fight or flight. And then the third strand is the one kind of more up in your brain stem area. And that is the one that signals cues of safety. Mm. So if you are connecting with someone, you're connect, that's safe. You're connecting with God, um, even bringing up a safe memory, Mm. right? A scent, um, anything like that, that induces feelings of safety Mm. can trigger your nervous system to have a a peace and a calm. Mm. And so how amazing is it that, if we listen to what our body's telling us, not only can we know the threat level, but it essentially can lead us to safety if if we don't just try to shut it down. Wow. Yeah. Well, and, and that's so important. I mean, you know, I'm big on this part, you know, speaking in parts, this part of yeah. me is is in protection mode. Hey, you shouldn't be feeling this right. Right. And it's, it's good to honor that part of me because that's kept me alive, right? Mm-hmm. That's the fighter side of me. Yeah. But then there's this other part that needs to be heard. It longs to be connected with, to, to be held in that space. And it feels like it's challenging for us to uh, show up for ourselves in that space, mm-hmm. right? It's like, yeah. how can I personally show up for myself and show myself compassion and care, mm-hmm. kindness, yeah, uh, empathy? What's that look like practically? I mean, obviously, I want to get into the kind of the vertical with the Lord, but then with others, which is you're kind of describing those three strands. Mm-hmm. Where does that, that part, is it that that third one where I'm just trying to honor myself and hold myself, that part of me that feels um, disconnected or anxious or whatever, yeah. uh, what does that look like for me to kind of hold that part of myself? Uh, and it feels weird to say that because, you know, <laughs> in my two different people, but there is these parts that we're protecting and these yeah. other parts that we're longing. What does that look like practically to show up for myself in that space? Oh, I love that question because um, actually one of my one of the chapters in the book um, is titled, Would You Talk to a Friend Like That? Mm. You know, and I think so often we can say all the right things to ourselves of like, there's nothing to be scared of and you're okay and you'll you'll be all right and whatever. But sometimes we say it with such harshness. Mm. Um and not with self-compassion. And if we watch our tone and the way we're talking to ourselves, it makes such a huge difference. You know, one of my, one example that hit me was, you know, if my, my kid, I have a 10 year old son, Eli, and if he woke up from a nightmare and I went into his room and I just said, go back to sleep. It was just a dream. And like, Mm. I just said it in this harsh tone, you know, yeah, which, you know, maybe you're, I may or may not be grumpy when I get woken up in the middle of the night, but that's for, <laughs> that's, for another another, that's another topic. Um, but would that calm his anxiety? My words are true. It is mm. just a dream. You know, he does need to go back to sleep, but my tone is raising the alarm system mm. and, and it's putting him down versus if I say it in a soothing tone, maybe I kind of pull him in close and say, hey, it's just a dream. Mm. You're safe. I'm here. Yeah. You can go back to sleep. Um, it changes everything. Yeah. It changes everything. So I, I think the first thing you look at, other than what are you saying to yourself to show compassion, it's how are you saying how? it? 
Yeah. Well, and that's interesting because most of communication is the covert, right? Mm. It's the tone. Yeah. It's the way we we come across the the harshness or shortness. Is there is there empathy in my voice? The words we're saying is a very small part. Oh. Right. It's it's how yeah. I say that, and I love that that picture of your son. Just that. How do I hold him in that space to make sure he knows he's safe and he's okay, I'm with you, we're in this together kind of a thing? Right. So how does that practically, if I'm in that space and I'm maybe I'm feeling in my body, in my gut, or I feel that tightness in my chest and my body's talking, Mm -hmm. how do I, so I notice that. Mm-hmm. Just real practical. Yeah. How can I slow that down to to honor what's happening and then just take me through that what that would look like just in a real practical sense if I'm sitting here and I'm somebody's listening and it's like I struggle with anxiety practical. What what does that look like? Yeah. So the first question I always would want to ask myself or someone to ask themselves is, is there a threat? Hmm. Right? Is there an actual threat happening? Um, because we need that. You know, if yeah. you're our our Anxiety is our internal alarm system. And so if your smoke alarm went off in the middle of the night, what's the first thing you would do? You wouldn't ignore it. You would get up (laughs) to see, is there a fire? Yeah. Is there a threat? If you don't ask that question first, your alarm system is going to fight you and it's going to keep going off, right? Mm. So is there a threat is always that first question. The second response is if there's not an actual threat, that's when you start just kind of, curiously and compassionately asking yourself, okay, what's going on? Why am I feeling this way? What mm. am I needing to know right now? Mm. You know, what, what, what is this anxiety trying to tell me? And, and sometimes we don't, sometimes there's not an answer. Sometimes we just feel this anxiousness. Yeah. And even then, even then we can still respond with compassion mm. and just, Hey, it's okay that you don't know, you know, it's just, you're feeling a little restless right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But eventually a lot of times it will lead us to something that might surprise us. Yeah. 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 I love what you're painting there. Cause it, you're really what the word that comes to mind is, is organizing. Yes. Right? I'm trying to organize what's happening. And I love the, the picture of I'm trying to establish safety mm-hmm. and it kind of gets into fear. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what's the good, good use of fear that God gave us. If, if a bear comes back, you know, bulling through that door, right? There's going to be fear. Right? There as is as there should be. <laughs> there, there, anxiety and fear. There, there is fear there that the bear is going to get me, or the house is on fire, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm running through traffic on I-49. Right, right. Like right. If I don't have fear, I'm probably going to die. Yeah. And so I love that. Is is it an actual threat? If there is, that's probably fear. Right. If there's perceived, but there isn't a danger, Mm -hmm. then it's probably anxiety, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what else is it trying to tell me? Yeah. You know, another question that if if you're kind of racking your brain and looking at all the different options of, okay, am I I feeling anxious because I'm too busy? Am I worried about something that's not going to happen yet? Like even if you have an early morning flight, how often do you struggle to fall asleep the night before? Mm. Well, your your nervous system is so fine-tuned to be alert to what you're thinking about mm. and what you're worried about. And so if it senses you're worried about missing that flight, it's going to pump adrenaline into your brain. It's going to 
tense your muscles. It's going to increase your heart rate. You're going to start mm. breathing heavily so that you, you catch your flight. Yeah. The problem is it's the night before you, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to miss it. Right. Yeah. And so maybe it's telling you, Hey, it's not time to worry yet. Yeah. It's not time. You've got five alarms set. Like yeah. you're going to be all right. Just kind of grounding yourself a yeah. little bit. In that. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember I was sharing this with some friends recently. I remember taking the, the, we're both counselors. So mm-hmm. it resonates with you. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified of tests. Yeah. And I remember taking the national exam. Mm-hmm. That was a doozy. <laughs> yeah. But I remember, um, kind of going into it thinking, man, I'm probably going to fail this thing. Right. Mm. I'd studied so hard, mm-hmm. but I remember a hundred questions in, I, I was already kind of in the dialogue of, okay, what's going to be my narrative to tell everybody why I failed this wow, test? That was a wow. hundred in. Wow. Um, and I said, wait a second, hang on. And I remember a, a friend of mine who's also at the Joshua Center telling me, you know, if the anxiety is there, uh, really what your body is saying is this is very important. That, Ooh, that was that's awesome. Like, this is important to you. And of course you feel anxious. It's a sense of readiness, right? Yeah. If you didn't have anxiousness, you probably don't care, right? And so I remember literally in that moment just talking about that. It's like, no, I care a lot about this, but I've studied for this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do the best I can. If I don't pass, I'll take it again. It'll be fine, right? But it was just kind of getting my mind in that right space and how do I honor, because it was very real sitting Mm -hmm. in that test room. It's like, this is too much. So we're going to end part one right there and and pick up with part two next week. Uh, Great conversation. I hope this is blessing you as uh, we just try to organize what anxiety is and, and what it means to actually work with it versus fight it. So thank you so much for being with us today. I hope that if you're struggling with anxiety, that you're finding some encouragement and some hope and maybe some practical tools to help Uh, honor and organize that anxiety so that you can ultimately um, find freedom and really some hope in the midst of the chaos happening around you, that inner peace and joy that Jesus uh, gives us in this space. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us. As always, we want to invite you Friday nights at Fellowship Fayetteville, Fellowship Rogers, Friday nights, 6 p.m. Connection Cafe, 7 p.m. We start the night off. Join us this week, fellowshipcr.org for more information. Thanks for being with us. Join us next time.